This is a marketing communication. Please refer to the key information document or KID before making any final investment decisions. Investing involves risk. The value of an investment and the income from it may fall as well as rise and investors might not get back the full amount invested. Past performance does not predict future returns. The mention of any particular security or strategy should not be considered as a recommendation. For further information on the Allianz Technology Trust, please go to www.allianztechnologytrust.com. Hello and welcome to Silicon Valley Bite Size, an update on the tech sector from the Allianz Technology Trust. I'm Cherry Reynard. ATT invests in a carefully curated portfolio of quoted technology companies across the globe with the aim of achieving long-term capital growth. Since 2007, the trust has been managed by our experienced team based in Silicon Valley. For our latest episode of Bite Size, I'm joined by Mike Seidenberg to talk us through the key developments in the technology sector and share his insights. Welcome, Mike. Let's start with a look at the technology sector as a whole. Um, I mean, there's been no let up in market volatility and the Nasdaq is now back to levels last seen in July 2020. Um, Perhaps you could talk us through the performance over the last quarter, you know, the highs and lows. Sure. I mean, I think we're kind of seeing a little bit more of the same when we think about the year so far. Um, You know, it's been a fairly challenging year, to say the least. Uh, for technology companies, um, you know, we've had a, a variety of headwinds uh, impacting the sector. Having said that, you know, we are seeing opportunities within the within the group um, for us to kind of own businesses at valuations, which we feel are really attractive. Um, if I think longer term and start looking out, thinking about the next couple of years, I do think that you'll see the technology sector continue to do well primarily because it just it just helps with some of the challenges companies are, are facing. If you think about, you know, ability to hire employees, um, which is challenging across the globe, technology helps solve that problem, right? If you think about climate change and, you know, how is and how that has really just uh, come to the front of so many of so many countries, technology helps solve that problem as well. So, you know, you know, clearly it's been a difficult year. Uh, for the group as a whole. But I think that the, the sector, you know, longer term, as we think about it, continues to kind of drive value. And, and hopefully, you know, the investors will be able to participate um, in that in that value creation over time. And have you continued to see this polarization between, you know, the high growth, long duration cash flows sort of parts of the market and the other kind of more value orientated parts of the market? Or has that kind of pretty much played out now? I mean, some of it just kind of depends on the week, unfortunately, given the volatility we've seen, you know, across of all of technology. But I think for the most part, you know, as investors and companies are getting used to kind of the new normal, um, I think you're seeing that the, the, the divergence between the two really kind of come together. Uh, so less divergence between high growth companies and value companies. And I think that, you know, as I just think, as I think about companies needing to execute, it is a fairly new environment. Um, and for a lot of these companies who buy the products and technologies, it's really necessary to continue the journey. And whether that is a journey 
you know, to the cloud, whether that's a journey to digital transformation, you know, that continues to persist, um, which I think is hopeful um, for the group as a whole. You know, having said that, I mean, I do think uh, budgets are tighter um, on purchasing, more signatures are being required, but we're still we're still seeing companies execute and grow well through this cycle. That was going to be my next question, actually. Um, you know, whether there is a, a widening gap between the operational performance of companies and share price performance and how is the market reacting to kind of upgrades and downgrades? Because I guess that would give us a clue to sentiment towards the sector. Yeah, I mean, let's just tackle the first the second part of your question first which is, you know, if you think about upgrades and downgrades, I think that they are way less meaningful um, in the current environment where really every investor is really focused on, you know, the global interest rate scenario. So I think that has been the primary driver really of stock action thus far, you know, year to date with respect to kind of how, how stocks are reacting. Um, I mean, really is, you know, we jokingly have said that the macro is driving the market and you you know, you see this from time to time. Look, we like to remind ourselves that we are fundamental investors with a macro overview um, and we don't operate in a vacuum and therefore we need to be very cognizant of the macro. So I think less less um, reaction to upgrades and downgrades, more reaction to macro events. Um, uh, and the first part of your question was really a divergence between stock action and results. Look, I think there's been less divergence as we've worked through the year. Having said that, you know, I, I do feel like the, the, the profitability aspect of many of these businesses is really in focus. So we're seeing companies adjust uh, their spending plans accordingly, which is a good thing, you know, trying to get to, you know, cash flow, uh, break even cash flow profit, profitability quicker. Um, and for the most part, I think that we're starting to see um, the, the, the stock reaction between the results um, put up and, and the stocks starting to be more in line. Um, we did not see that earlier in the year where companies could put up good results and the stocks would sell off regardless. And I think that, would, that was just this kind of, you know, this kind of anticipation that as interest rates go up, um, it really changes the terminal value of some of these businesses that aren't as profitable. If we could turn to the macro economy now, I mean, the Fed has hiked rates by 0.75%, signaling its commitment to tackling inflation. Uh, and it's been very clear on that. Uh, but, you know, there are other areas of the of the economy, such as the labour market, which are still motoring and, and look to be doing quite well. I mean, what's, what's your view on the outlook for the US economy? Look, uh, you know, I, and I just got back, you know, yesterday, um, uh, I was in an airport uh, with my wife and, uh, you know, people are definitely, I feel like the consumer continues to kind of, you know, um, travel, uh, you know, and, you know, how much of that is pent up demand for travel because we couldn't travel um, versus true, true underlying demand. You know, that's not totally clear to me, but I think generally speaking, you know, we've continued to see a pretty strong consumer um, look, you know, as interest rates go up, it, it makes things like, you know, buying, you know, a house and buying a car much more expensive. Um, but, you know, I think the overall consumer confidence is, is okay. Um, that, that's kind of, you know, my biggest concern from a macro perspective is how we, as we kind of think longer term, like 
what what really is what really is happening in the consumer's mind because those consumers go to work and do their jobs obviously um and, and you know are the buyer are the ultimate buyers of technology so i, I do you know I, that's something we really track um with respect to you know global labor you know we still have a real challenge here in the u.s of, of filling jobs um and that's a problem and hopefully you know we can solve that um you know that's something that's persisted since um you know since the pandemic kind of started to ease um and i think you know for the most part people are, are pretty frustrated with not being able to you know hire and, and fulfill positions um here again you know many times technology steps in and helps with that um you know i've seen some companies you know if i think about my neighborhood coffee shop they've just adjusted their hours right so you know if they can't fulfill if they can't fill you know the labor the the you know the employee they just kind of shift it down to one shift you know in my coffee in my coffee shop example so i think companies are adjusting but i think that most business owners are generally frustrated that they can't you know find find employees to fill jobs because obviously they want to fulfill demand um on on this on the revenue side okay and is there any resolution on supply chains or is is that still acting as a constraint on the technology sector yeah no it still remains to be a constraint i think you know going forward it's probably less of a constraint um than it was but you know i mean if you think about it you know almost every week there's some type of headline about a company you know needing to delay shipments um you know not being able to you know not being able to get enough components etc cetera, etc cetera. so that that remains curtailed look some of that challenge is something we just alluded to previously you know in our discussion which is just getting employees you know to you know to help produce the widgets um so um you know it's it's complicated i think it's getting better i think you know as interest rates go up you will see less demand for certain items um and that should probably at the margin help um with the supply chain but then there are other challenges you know associated with you know less demand for things and do you have a sense of what it will take for the economy to turn i mean is it that the fed stops raising rates and for that to happen you need signs that the inflationary threat has eased um i mean what what's going to normalize the environment again yeah well i mean i first of all i wish i had a crystal ball if i if i did i probably May, may not be talking to you, um, but uh, you know, I, in all seriousness, I, you know, uh, I think it's going to take the understanding that inflation is under control um, for people to get comfortable. Um, uh, and I and I still think that you know we are a number of quarters away from that. Here again, I am not an economist, so it's just based upon kind of what I read and kind of you know what I see with my you know with my eyes. I still think we're a couple of quarters away from that. I mean, I think it's fair to say it's been tougher to bring down inflation than anybody thought. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're there yet. Great, thanks. Um, okay, let's turn to the recent performance of the trust, if we can. Um, anything you'd highlight over the past quarter? Any ups, any downs? Sure. You know, if I think about the trust and you know our performance over the the last quarter, I think it really kind of boils down to. Uh, kind of our fundamental process, right? We typically are, you know, as, as I've alluded to before, you know, ten, we are bottoms up investors with obviously the macro overview. And I think if, as I look at, you know, the attribution, uh, attribution over the past quarter, you see very specific, you know, technology companies that fill, you know, certain niches. So it wasn't driven by 
one sector or the other sector. I think it was really driven by, you know, kind of stock picking um, and, you know, going, being able to identify companies through our process, along with the team that I work with, um, you know, and, and having, you know, having, you know, companies that have, have done better than others. Um, so you know, nothing kind of jumps out at me um, with respect to, you know, from a sector perspective, I just think it kind of, you know, it tends to be kind of our core focus to figure out, you know, companies that can, that can outperform. And, you know, sometimes we're better at it than other times, but I, it's particular this past quarter, uh, we were able to make up some ground. And have you made any notable changes over the past quarter? The only notable changes that I really, really think are worth calling out is probably less exposure to some of the commodities, um, com- commodity semiconductor companies, um, you know, just because we just kind of felt like we weren't there with respect to um, the supply demand situation there. So probably less, you know, more focus on spin- specialized semiconductors, less focus on commodity semiconductors. And then, you know, thinking about, you know, things like electronic vehicles, um, things like, you know, software and, you know, what it brings to companies from a productivity perspective. I think that's what's really kind of helped us this past quarter. In terms of portfolio themes, I wonder if we could talk a bit about AI. I mean, Elon Musk has come out with his Optimus robot, um, but I'm sensing that's probably not the prime use for AI at the moment. I mean, how have you got exposure um, in the portfolio? Sure. You know, it's a great question. I, I think, you know, similar to other kind of trends that we've seen throughout, you know, my 20 plus years in technology, sometimes it's pretty difficult to find a pure play for um, a theme like artificial intelligence. So then you really think about, you know, what companies are applying that best for their customers. Um, and now we call that, you know, kind of a first derivative idea, um, right, where we don't really have a pure play way to play it. Yet we can we can we can we can play it vis-a-vis companies that are really using that that technology in the most effective manner for their their customers. And I think that's where we are today in the trust. And that I think we see some really innovative use cases from some of the companies we invest in on the AI front. But there really isn't a great way to play it from a pure play perspective without having exposure to other things um, from an investment perspective. And just finally, and uh, this maybe an unfair question, because as you say, none of us have got a crystal ball. Um, But how are you feeling about the next quarter and the various challenges uh, that are are looming in in financial markets? I mean, safe to say that this year has been a roller coaster ride. So, you know, I definitely haven't taken my my seatbelt off. Um, You know, we continue to be very active with respect to the positions we hold, really understanding, are, you know, are things getting better? Are things getting worse? And if so, you know, what do we think? What do we think that the value of this business is? So, you know, um, you know, I don't feel like I, I continue to think that things are going to be pretty choppy, um, and therefore, um, you know, it, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have a super directional feel to me, one way or the other, um, and therefore, we're just going to be, you know, continue to think about it um, from a from an from a sector perspective from an individual stock perspective um, rather than be able to say 
you know, we are back in a, you know, X, Y, Z type of environment. I, I continue to, to view it as a, you know, a pretty roller coaster ride environment and therefore really kind of speaks to active management. Okay, great. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we'll wrap up there. Um, if you have any questions on the trust, please go to the website, www.alliancetechnologytrust.com or do contact one of the sales team. Uh, thanks to Mike for those insights today and thank you all for listening.